0: Welcome to LifePoint Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to LifePoint Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we concluded the program looking at what drives the problem of intruders in our marriage. We're continuing in that discussion today. Often couples have problems with intruders because one or both of the mates simply are not aware of their own time, energy, and investment in resources. They actually think they will take care of the fires at home at some point. They sincerely intend to talk, to date, and to stay involved with their spouse, but just not at this moment. Too often, the moments don't come, or at least not often enough. The intruders win, and the couple loses. This problem usually has to do with the quote-unquote limitless spouse's inability to see how his actions have consequences. Someone else is always there picking up the pieces, starting perhaps with a parent, then friends, then co-workers, or even a spouse. A lack of anxiety about marriage problems comes from a lack of anxiety about anything. This spouse has lived with human safety nets and is secure and confident that either One, nothing bad will come if he doesn't get to his responsibilities. Or two, if something bad happens, no one will mind. Or three, if anyone is bugged about it, someone else will bail him out and all will be forgiven. It is a life of happy endings, but not a reality-based one. A related issue in allowing intruders into a marriage occurs when one or both partners are unaware of the fragility of marriage. They often adopt the mentality that no crisis are going on, so everything's okay. And they tend to the crisis or the squeaky wheels of work, parenting, church, and friends. The couple may also feel positive toward each other and so assume they're just doing okay. This is an immature perspective on marriage. It's a little like how a young child feels toward her parents. She is secure and certain in the sense that they will always be there no matter what she does, and they will always be available when she returns to them for help and love. This is right for a young child to feel, but for marriage partners, it can be a problem. Marriages can go a long time before the influence of intruders is felt. If both spouses are active, structured people, they may shift away without a discernible blip, moving from a deep connection between each other into a comfortably numb one. They may wake up one day feeling that they aren't inside each other's hearts and that other things own their hearts. The saddest cases are those in which the partners become aware of this and think, it's not bad as is, let's just keep things this way. The reality is that marriage is only as good as the investment people make in it. God has constructed life so that we are always either going forward into the growth process or backing away from it. We can't stay the same, and marriage reflects this reality. The connection either deepens, opening both spouses up to the hearts of each, or it starts to deteriorate, closing them off from each other. Doctors Cloud and Townsend say that they do not believe in an out-of-the-blue marriage problem. So many times his spouse will say, Everything was fine, and then he started being abusive. Or, I thought we were okay until I found out about the affair. This would not be possible if the marriage was a place for continual emotional investment, risk, vulnerability, and honesty. And in hindsight, many couples will say, we now see the signs we missed before. These signs generally have to do with things like increasing withdrawal of need, unresolved differences the couple simply walks away from in resignation, preferences for others for needs that marriage used to meet, interests in relationships that are not talked about with the spouse. Do not mistake a lack of crisis as a sign that the marriage is healthy couples need to regularly check in with each other and ask the hard question. How do you feel about us? And what am I doing that hurts or bothers you? You know, I encourage couples to ask each other the question, on a scale of one to 10, how do you rate our relationship right now? And if the answer is anything less than a 10, which it probably will be, the follow-up question is, from your point of view, What would it take to make it a 10? Think about this. How would you feel if your annual physical with your physician consisted only of a chat about sports over a cup of coffee? We should be able to trust a safe spouse and relax in their love. However, safety was never meant as a rationalization for neglecting the love obligation. Living in unconditional grace is never an excuse to be irresponsible or hurtful. As the Bible teaches in Romans 6.15, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? To take for granted that a spouse will always be there for us is, at some level, to place burdens upon that spouse's ability to love and trust us back. If fear and guilt are the reason your marriage has become infested with intruders, you need to do two things. On the one hand, refrain from nagging and threatening your codependent spouse. If you don't refrain, you risk becoming, in his mind, part of those many people he secretly resents and hates for being so demanding on him. On the other hand, stay away from the tendency to ignore the problem and hope it goes away. The best solution is always to love and yet not rescue a spouse's behavior. You may need to tell your spouse, I'm sorry about how pulled apart you feel by work, the church, and me. I do miss you and feel that these things come between us. I hope you can work out your problem and I will help you. However, I won't be a party to the problem anymore. If you continue to let yourself be dragged apart, I will find other appropriate sources of support, like friends and groups. But let me know if you want to work on your boundaries, and I will do anything I can. You need to maintain a position of love without rescue and of truth without nagging. Your own caring boundaries then provide hope for your spouse to develop his own sense of self and boundaries. Some couples stress over the differences between them. They say things, I don't see how we ended up together. We are so diametrically opposed. These polar extremes can run the gamut from theology to politics, from career to sex, from family to finances, from intimacy to entertainment. Some couples will even open up about how they have let other things get in between them. We're so different, we live in two different worlds, they will say. I have my friends and activities, and he has his. We don't interact a lot. The existence of separate friends and activities is not a red flag, but the tendency to be more invested in them than in the marriage is a red flag. Marriage was intended to be home base for our feelings and souls. Don't confuse this with what we talked about in an earlier broadcast. This is not about the need for outside influences, but about going to the outside because two people are different. Doctors Cloud and Townsend tell us that this is a huge misperception. Being different should not be a problem in marriage. In fact, it should be a benefit. They say that when your mate has an alternative viewpoint to yours in parenting and home decorating, you should be enriched. Your world has been enlarged. You are no longer bound to a world of your own making, which is a prison God never intended for us. You are forced to listen to, interact with, and consider the feelings and opinions of another human being in some matter in which you are dead sure you are right. Think of it as a solution for human arrogance. The Bible teaches that we actually need these differences. Paul discusses the various spiritual gifts God gives to people. Listen to 1 Corinthians twelve, seventeen, and 18. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. In addition, a couple's ability to deal with differences is a sign of their maturity. Children demand that others agree with them. Immature couples do the same. A husband calls his wife selfish and has a tantrum when his wife doesn't see things his way. Or a wife gets discouraged when things aren't perfect and withdraws in resignation that we'll just never see eye to eye. Such spouses will not be able to live in the tension that the other person won't change his or her mind, and they may become the prey of intruders who agree with them. Remember our discussion on triangulation. We find people who will agree with our opinion, especially about the bad points of our spouse. Grown-ups, however, attempt to understand the other's viewpoint while holding on to their own reality. They empathetically appreciate the sentiments of the other and then come to a negotiated agreement using love, sacrifice, values, and principles. Differences do not create intruder problems. Immaturity does. As spouses own their own weaknesses and issues... What used to drive them crazy often becomes the source of joy for them. Because you are not two clones, your differences guarantee conflict in marriage. Two people who feel strongly about how life should be lived will try to resolve the differences. However, some people fear conflict more than others. They may have grown up in homes in which conflict was never experienced as a good thing. These people will often then hate conflict as it means that the love has gone away. They can't feel connected while disagreement and differences are present. They avoid conflict at all costs, so they won't lose love. They are vulnerable to intruders, as other people and activities can keep distance between themselves and the conflicts underlying their marriage. Well, time's gotten away from us again today. Thanks for being with us. Hope you've enjoyed our time together. I know I have. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at dot org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening, and be blessed.